For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're talking with Liz Edrington. Uh, Liz, uh, today we're shifting to the other end of the spectrum uh, asking what's the worst thing you've done in youth ministry. And as we always tell um, uh, those who come on the show, this isn't just a laugh at your downfall or anything like that, but, mm-hmm. but what are some things that the Lord taught you in the midst of uh, this you know, worst thing that you've done? And I don't know if you want to get into blowing the two towers out on the <laughs> Suburban or anything like that, but, uh, but what, what do you have? Yeah, um, you know, honestly, I think, when I consider the worst thing I've done, there are events and failures individually um, in my story as a youth director in Charlottesville too and here, but I think the worst thing I continue to do is rely on myself, honestly, um, for inspiration, for answers, for planning, for hope, for meaning. It's it's really, we talked about that last time too, but it's a daily process of Jesus reorienting me to himself and to his purposes and his truth versus myself at the center. And it might even be more accurate to say that's momently. Um, yeah, maybe the worst thing I've done is lose myself and in into that ministry. I talked about kind of being married to it and uh, my identity become pretty absorbed in it without me realizing because it is a passion and and was, um, but especially in that first year where I had no idea what I was doing, but I was working upwards of 60 to 70 hours a week or, while hired as a time youth director for like 25, I think. Wow. And, um, you know, I was excited and passionate and really boundless uh, in the tra- transition from young adulthood to college. And I remember in that time I attended 12 weddings and was trying to connect with every kid in the church and families. And it was just madness. And, um, I loved it, but I had no grasp on how to make relationships for myself post-college and mm-hmm. had no idea that honoring my own life and needs was a good thing and was actually really important for my ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, and that's, that's so hard too, because it is, I mean, you, you jump into ministry and you're being used of the Lord and that can be very encouraging. Um, and so mm-hmm. you get somewhat of a, if you could say, you know, a, a spiritual high from it. And sometimes we just, it's very subtle, but we start to ride that emotional high and that spiritual high. And we just kind of chase after that. And like you said, you're, you start, <laughs> you look up and it's been 60, 70 hours in a week that you're, um, you know, spending in, in ministry. And so you can very quickly and easily, start getting burned out because again, you're getting in the midst of all of that and you don't even realize, Mm. um, you know, that, that again, your identity is being attached to this. Um, Mm, yeah, that's that's helpful to think about. Yeah. Spiritual high or for folks like me, I'm a one on the Enneagram, that perfectionistic, like really operating out of the, this could always be better. I could always do more, um, more like instead of spiritual high, I'd say just, uh, lacks some kind of, it's up to me to, to do this, to reach every kid, to, um, bring them all to Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Perfectionistic standards. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like you said, I mean, to, to try to reach everybody for Jesus, oftentimes that becomes, you know, we, we try to become their savior. Yeah. We try to be, at, you know, anything and everything they're involved in. And um, that'd be, you know, at their every beck and call, you know, they're the ones who are, uh, or we're the one they text, you know, if they have any kind of theological question or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's easy to, to become that person or want to make yourself that person without realizing it, I think, that, that they turn to you. Um, instead of the Lord, even though you want them to turn to the Lord, but by by placing yourself in their lives without a kind of boundaried, healthy capacity, it's one of those, again, values are more caught than taught. They kind of begin to relate to you in that way, uh, Savior. And I think we do have a responsibility as ministers and leaders in the church and even parents to um, to consider how we make ourselves the rescuers or the answer holders, um, the saviors in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And so when you said uh, you were kind of just going without many boundaries and and all of that, were there some boundaries you began to to set up that you, you know, learned from, um, from this kind of just uh, full full speed ahead uh, type of ministry you're doing? Gosh, you know, um, really boundaries began to be, more in the forefront of my mind when a couple of, so Cameron Cole, he's the head of Rooted, and my buddy Dan Murata, he was a youth director for the same six years in Charlottesville as me, who's a good friend. And when they, they, they were both married, when they started to have children and were asking for like a, naturally a raise to support their families and um, were saying to me, hey Liz, like what, even in terms of how I related to the church, what are you, what are your hours? What are you being paid? And um, questions that I thought, but I get to do what I love. This is great. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't in any way honoring to me as a single woman supporting myself and um, to begin to identify need and honoringly, honoring appropriately the work being done, even though it's a church ministry context through those guys pushing me and saying, Liz, we think you're worth more and you should be treated that way and cared for it. I think they helped me begin to identify some things like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah and that that right there i mean just illustrates the importance of just our brothers and sisters in christ in the midst of ministry uh to be able yes. to you know have those especially you know those who are doing the same type of ministry in another local church and um i mean i, I think of myself having you know throughout my time at, at pear orchard um i mean there were anywhere from three to, to 10 youth youth workers I could count on to go grab lunch and talk to and bounce ideas off of. And yeah, I mean, I, I had that same kind of conversation one time where a friend just said, John, I think you're, you know, you're working too much and you need to be cautious, you know, just, um, you know, how much time you're putting in. And so it's just, again, we have those blind spots and, mm-hmm. and it just helps when other people can, um, you know, shine a light on them and help us to see them at times. So that's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, we really, I need the body for that. I need, and it's, I love that you'd say that. I've got a, a group of women here. We're all at different churches in Chattanooga. And once a month, we just had breakfast, have breakfast together and um, to get to know them, their different struggles and, and ask them too to tell me what they see about me and my ministry, like speak into that place. Where are my blind spots? And um, man, I love those women. I'm very inspired by them. It's, it's been a life-giving experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in some ways, I mean, people can be a little fearful of the vulnerability 
you know, to open up, but you find out that, that actually, no, that's, that's very freeing and, um, just renewing, uh, to, to go through that process and to share, um, like that and to have that kind of accountability. Gosh, um, that's so true, yeah, so man. Vulnerability is, is costly and it's terrifying and it really is the stuff of life. It's, it's also freeing when we can be where we are and invite people to know us there and love us there. And we can know and love people in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's some, some really helpful stuff. Is there anything else you want to add to that Liz? Yeah. I'll give you a quick, uh, worst thing I've done <laughs> youth story, which one of the top Please ones, do. um, that would <laughs> leaving two of my students' passports back at the site where we'd stayed for our mission trip in Jamaica, which was three hours yeah. from the airport. Um, no so the rest of my group and volunteers had to get on the flight without us to go home while we drove Actually, someone drove back to the camp and got these passports for us. And, oh, man, it was one of those, oh, I can't wow. believe this has happened moments. But That's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> and we live through them, and the Lord is faithful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Goodness. So that was on the tail end of a mission trip? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So you're exhausted. You're ready to get home. You're ready to rest. And then, wow. And so wait, which, uh, which where in Jamaica was this? Because I went on a mission trip in Jamaica as well. Ooh, I think we were in Mandeville. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, well, I'm glad you uh, survived through that and you got the passports and everybody got home safely. <laughs> yes. I guess. Yes. All right. Good deal. Did you, uh, I guess, made up with the parents and all that who were. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was honestly, John, not the right parents for that to happen to. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but then I had this moment of grace where another set of parents whose kids were on the trip called me like, in between flights when we got to the States and said something to me, this is the picture of Grace. Chris, you're saying to me, you know what? Not only would I have left, she's like, I can't believe that you made it with all the kids there and back in one place. I would have left all the kids' passports and just like, we're so <laughs> grateful you took our kids on the trip. She just lavished nothing but grace on me. It was uh, such a blessing. That's um, awesome. So, yes, yes. Yeah, you need parents like that in ministry for sure. Yes, sure do. All right, well, Liz, thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you, John. 